You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the LA International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in LA since 1989. Amen. Great to see everybody today. Hope you're um, comfortable. We're going to read the whole book of Acts today. We might go through the whole New Testament. Ha <laughs> ha. No, we are not. Hey, if you're a LA sports fan, it was a pretty good day for you yesterday. Right? Let's go uh, Dodgers. That was fun. Game seven is always a, a great win. Uh, if you're a Laker fan, that was great. But they lost. But there was a lot of energy. So we like energy. Energy was great. Energy was great. And if you're a Bruin fan, got some Bruin fans out there. Got a few Bruin fans out there. We're not, we're not in last place anymore. That's awesome. That's awesome. We're celebrating. We're celebrating. We want to uh, welcome everybody to church today. We're the um, Westside Church of Christ, and we're super excited to have you. We're excited to have our campus. We're excited to have our teenagers. We're excited to have our singles and marrieds. Where are you? We're excited to have our married people. We love married people. They are great. We're going to say a prayer and just um, sort of kick off our service and pray for God to bless us. And let's keep in mind um, some of our folks that are sick. Um, I'm really thinking about Scott Horton this morning who had back surgery and it looks like God blessed and we're going to sort of get a more healthy Scott returned back to us. So that's a blessing. Let's pray. Father, here we are outside worshiping you. We're grateful for our country, a place where we can do this. Lots of places in the world, this is impossible. God, thank you for our health. Thank you for our blessings. Paul says in Ephesians and in Philippians, you've blessed us with every spiritual blessing. That you've lavished on us your blessing. Thank you for our health. Thank you for our jobs. Thank you for our schools. God, I pray for those who aren't with us today that are sick and or are healing. We've got a number of them. I am thinking especially today, though, of Scott and um, so many of us prayed for him this week and We're just excited that he's healing. We pray for physical healing amongst our people. And God, we pray for spiritual healing and growth. God, uh, bless our service again today. It's so wonderful to remember Jesus, to be in your word, and to fellowship. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have a Bible or an app, I'm going to read from um, Psalm 16. Psalm 16 to set our thoughts for the day. Then we're going to do some acts. In Psalm 16, David says, Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you're my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names upon my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion, my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night my heart instructs me. I will keep my eyes always on the Lord. With Him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. 
my body will also rest secure, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. I love this idea that God has blessed us. Amen. That only in God is our lot secure. Amen. And that it's in his presence. It's in his presence is what our goal is and our reward. So we do this a lot, right? What does it mean to experience presence? Do you feel present today? It's hard to feel present. You know, we're outside and that's normal. There's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of us have ADD or something like ADD. And so we're outside. Hawk, squirrel, bird, plane, food, water, people, basketball, right? So we get preoccupied. We get preoccupied. And yet the writer is talking about this experience where you're in his presence. So if you don't remember anything else from today, you're going to be at church and you're going to talk to people and you're going to go eat and you're going to go home and you're going to eat again, you're going to go to bed. But when do you experience His presence? And is experiencing God's presence, is that on you or is that on Him? Right? God is always with us. But experiencing His presence is on us. That's our exercise. That's where I have to be able to clear my mind, settle my emotions, calm down, focus, focus. What is on your mind? What the writer wants us here to experience and to be thinking about is His presence. And being in His presence. Now that sounds simple and sounds a little bit like a yoga class maybe, right? And then we can deep breathe and we can do downward dog together. No, we want to be in His presence. That is a great spiritual exercise. Being able to empty your mind. Not worry. Matthew 6. Trust in His promises. Trust in His Word and experience His presence. That's on us to move into His presence. But we know in this world that's a hard thing to do. So I read this written by a sister this week. It's a little sad. It's an obituary. Written by Katie to her sister Maddie. Maddie loved her family in the world, but more than anyone else, she loved her son, Aiden who was born in 2014. She transformed her life to mother him. Every afternoon in all kinds of weather, she would put him in a backpack and take him for a walk. She sang rather than spoke to him, filling his life with song like his mom. Aiden loves to swim. Together they would spend hours in the lake or pool. and She so loved to snuggle him up, surrounding him with her love. After having Aiden, Maddie tried harder 
and more relentlessly to stay sober than we have ever seen anyone try at anything. But she relapsed and ultimately lost custody of her son, a loss that was unbearable. During the last two years especially, her disease brought her to places of incredible darkness. And this darkness compounded on itself as each unspeakable thing that happened to her and each horrible thing she did in the name of her disease exponentially increased her pain and shame. For 12 days, this summer was home. And for most of that time, she was sober. For those 12 wonderful days, full of swimming, movies, family dinners, we believed, as we always did, that she would overcome her disease and make the life for herself we knew she deserved. We believed this until the moment she took her last breath. But addiction stalked her and stole her once again. Now listen, though we would have paid any ransom to have her back, any price in the world, this disease would not let her go until she was gone. Sorry to read that. I know that's sad. But it's a reality. And she had an addiction to opioids, and maybe not a lot of us are experiencing that right now, but many of us know people that are suffering from serious addiction. But we have our own addictions. We're addicted to a lot simpler things. We're addicted to video games. We're addicted to ways of thinking and ways of being. We're, we're unconscious and impulsive all the time. And our impulsivities and our desires and our preoccupations, they always overcome us when we're not present, when we're not with Him. That's why it's essential, essential for your survival, for your well-being, that you learn to experience His presence and value it and cherish it as the most important thing in your life. I want to read this passage in the book of Acts. I just really appreciate Ken taking us through the book of Acts. It's inspiring, isn't it, church? Listening to how the Holy Spirit moved in people's lives. What did we have in Acts chapter 1? We had a handful of men and a handful of women. I don't think we owned any homes. And the women may have owned a few things. We don't think the guys barely owned anything besides the clothes on their their own clothes. They had no resources. There was no money. They had no education. They had no zip recruiter. There's not a lot of hope for the future. No place to apply for a job. And Jesus had given them a promise... Just wait here until the Holy Spirit comes, which they did faithfully. Amen. And at the end of the book of Acts, what do we have? Maybe, it's hard to count, a hundred churches from nothing? And thousands of Christians? Thousands? And a whole new way of living that nobody had ever experienced or witnessed before. A transformative way of living. A worshipful, spiritual way of living. And as these 
People with absolutely nothing. Why? What happened? He wanted them to wait until they experienced His presence and His Spirit was going to come down upon them. But there was one more that wasn't there in Acts chapter 1. And of course, that was Paul. And we know Paul's converted in Acts chapter 9. But in Acts chapter 26, he recalls his conversion. And he says in verse 12, On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. About noon, King Agrippa, King Agrippa, I was on the road. I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick Against the goats. And then I asked, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Jesus confronts Paul on the road. In the book of Acts, this is really kind of our only words, right? If you've got one of the Bibles with words in red, where you're going to see Jesus' words. And this is all he says. Why are you persecuting me? And it is hard for you to kick against the goads. Okay, so what are, is he referring to? Farming people understand this. He's referring to these sticks that ranchers use to try and get the cattle to move. They're called goads or pricks. So if you want the cows or the sheep to move from here to there, you, you goad them. You, you sort of poke them with the goad and they just, you know, sort of meander over there. Hopefully you don't have to poke them too often. But can you imagine? It's kind of great imagery. Can you imagine the cow turning back to the shepherd and and giving him a kick? So he says, hey, shepherd, stop poking me with that stick. And Jesus says to Paul, this is what you're like. I want you over there. But you keep kicking against the goads. And it's not easy. I want you to think right now, right? We're talking about presence. Think about your frustration. Think about the ways in which you kick against the goads. It's not easy. Think about the ways in which you procrastinate students. That's kicking against the goads. Think about the ways professionals that you don't elevate, strive for excellence, try to achieve and be great. That's kicking against the goads. Husbands, think of ways that you don't Love your wives, even though she needs it. That's kicking against the goads. Wives, think of ways that you don't respect the husband and give him some support, even though he's dying desperate for it. That's kicking against the goads. Think about your neighbor that's hurting. And there's something in you. The Holy Spirit's saying, talk to him, talk to her. Reach out, give her a hug, get her number, invite her. And we don't do it. That's kicking against the goads. Think about the dreams and the desires you have. But you're afraid. And you don't do anything. You're paralyzed. That's kicking against the goads. And Jesus says it's not easy. It's not easy. What Jesus does, I love that last song, come to the altar. Wow, we come to the altar. We give ourselves. We fall on our knees. We fall on our knees. We have to be humble. We have to be humble. Our resources are limited. Life can be overwhelming. We get frustrated and we get afraid and we get angry and we get sad. And all of these are ways that we sort of kick against the goads and we stay stuck. I ask you today, challenge you today, surrender. Stop kicking against the goads. It's hard for you. 
It won't go well. Let Him direct you. Let Him move you. For reference sake, point two, we see these people in the book of Acts and they're full of the Holy Spirit. Full of the Holy Spirit. I love this phrase. So they had a lot of people become Christians really early in the church. Well, in Acts 2, 3,000 or about 3,000 were baptized. Many more in chapter 4. Chapter 6, we get a lot more. Or into 5, a lot more. And then here we are at 6. And the evangelist said they were worn out and people were upset because lots of needs of people in the church weren't being met. Specifically, some of the uh, Grecian Jew uh, widows. that They were going hungry. And the guys are running around trying to feed them. And he goes, you know what? We need some help. We need some help. And I hope you don't think that just the ministry staff does all the work in the in the church, right? Church, right? No, that's for all of us. That's for all of us. But they say we not we need to find men that are full of the Holy Spirit. Question: When's the last time you felt full of the Holy Spirit? What does it look like to be full of the Holy Spirit? How long have you been going to church? How often have you been full of the Holy Spirit? That's a different thing. In football and basketball, they have these cool things called combines, right? I want to build a team. And I got to build a team with players. And I want to pick the best players. And so we have them come to a combine. And what that means is the guys come in their little French spandex shorts. And little t-shirts. And they run the 40-yard dash and jump up and down. Would that be great if we had a combine for the church? So I want Mark Shump and Kirk Nasimeno and Paul Nagakur to come up here. I'm not teasing. And we'll put them in their shorts and have them do the 40 spiritually, right? And, and is that who you really want on the team? I don't know. Who, who are we looking for? Men full of the Holy Spirit. Your 40 time doesn't matter. Your Holy Spirit time matters. Your ability, your jumping 40 inches doesn't matter. Your ability to stay in the Spirit matters. Your ability to cut on a dime doesn't matter. Your ability to meet a need and care matters. That's full of the Holy Spirit. We're going to take communion in a minute. But I want you thinking about being full of the Holy Spirit. Make it a goal to be full of the Holy Spirit. It's life-changing. Galatians chapter 5, you want to read it later for reference. Those who live by the Spirit, those who walk in the Spirit, don't gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Wow, wow, what a great picture. Walking, living in the Holy Spirit. Paul tells Timothy, his chief protege, uh, his chief protege, I want you to fan into flame the Holy Spirit inside of you. Scale of 1 to 10, Christian, how much Holy Spirit's in you right now? 1, 2, 3? What's your day look like tomorrow if you're at a 7 or an 8? What's your lunch look like today if you're at a 7 or an 8? And again, ministry staff doesn't do that for you. You have to fan into flame the Holy Spirit. So we've got this transformed people that are relying on the Spirit and changing the world. They surrender ego, fear, frustration. They get filled up with the Holy Spirit. And then they start to live a wholehearted or full life. And I want to close with this. In Acts chapter 14, we're at the end of Paul's first missionary journey. 
And we get a remarkable account from this man, or about this man. He's just come through a couple of cities, Iconium. He had a lot of success. A lot of people became Christians. Lystra and Derby was more difficult. And I'm going to pick it up here in verse 14. First missionary journey. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed into the crowd shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from worthless things to the living God. Who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. In the past, He let all nations go their own way, yet He has not left Himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. Even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. Then, some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won over the crowd. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered him, he got up and quit. No! He got up and went back into the city. The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. They stoned him and they thought he was dead. Can you picture Paul? They stoned him. That's a lot of men lobbing stones on him. And then he's not moving. He's unconscious. They think he's dead. And they drag him out of the city. Just drag him out. He's, he looks like a dead man. Dead. We have a lot of things in our life we think are dead. I don't believe that. And when you're full of the Holy Spirit and you stop kicking against the goads, you start to live with a full heart. This wasn't necessarily spirit. This was just his heart. There he is dead. What would you do? Lying on the ground, dying. I want you to picture him stoned, bleeding, head caved in, teeth knocked out, blood coming out of mouth, broken arm, looking lifeless. He looks dead. Breath comes back into him. But he's still bleeding. 
Listen to the words. Listen to the words. And he gets up. What emotions are there to feel? He gets up. I give it all to you, God. Trusting that you'll make something He's wrecked. He's going to be scarred forever. But he believes that God will make something beautiful out of him. Will God make something beautiful out of your life? You all have some, we all have some wreckage. We all have our scars. He transforms our lives. Stop kicking against the goads. Let yourself be full of the Spirit. And then we can live a full life and turn and walk back into the city.
our heads and pray for the bread and the cup. Father, thank you for this time to remember. Boy, this week, Father, many of us are kicking against goads. You're trying to prick us and push us and goad us into good, into right, into light, into purity, into love and forgiveness. And we kick and kick. God, we fall down before you and surrender. Use our lives. Use our lives. I pray we'd have the courage to be full of your Holy Spirit. What a gift. Help rid us of our own ideas and our own thoughts, our own ego, our own pride. Our own pride. Be full of your Spirit. And listen. And love. And lean in. And Father, thank you so much for the cup that gives us forgiveness of sins. Thank you for Paul and that wholehearted walking back into the city. God, we're going to walk back into our lives with whole hearts, trusting, knowing that you forgive us, trusting, knowing that you're going to use us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.